You're going as a ghost, you promised. I'm only pretending I'm going as a cowgirl. Okay, now you know the plans by heart, don't you? Meet you at the lookout. At the lookout. I'm not stupid, you know. Listen, Buster, you won't get four blocks in this neighborhood dressed like that. Please. No, and that is final. You are not going as a terrorist. All the guys are. Hello, and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 72, recorded August 26th, 2022. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And we're wrapping up our summer series, Movies of Summer's Past, uh, today with an all-time classic, Steven Spielberg's E.T., Yes, and, the movie uh, that destroyed 1982. <laughs> <laughs> in, in a in a year that produced so many huge, huge movies, mm-hmm. this cast a shadow over all of them. And uh, thematically somewhat similar piece from 20 years later, 2002, uh, Disney's Lilo and Stitch. Yep, so we're doing a uh, Aliens and Family movie, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Although, like, it's one is more, like, uh, I, we may have a little discussion about, like, the family film versus the children's film. And these are both family films, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. But yeah, so let's get things rolling. In 1975, he directed Jaws. In 1978, he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In 1981, he directed Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, Steven Spielberg brings us E.T., the extraterrestrial. So E.T. premiered in at Cannes on May 26th, but it had its big wide release on June 11th in 1982. June 1982 being a really big month in genre. Um, I wrote a whole thing about that that you can read on the on the website if you want to. So this is the story of a guy who is doing his thing out and about and misses his ride home. And so he just kind of hooks up with the local family for a little bit until he can call his ride. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm kidding. Um, I mean, that is what it is, but... Uh, <laughs> Not really it. Yeah, so this uh, this extraterrestrial who gets called E.T. in the laziest way of doing things, but uh, it works for the sake of this. Um, yeah, so E.T. Yeah. is a guy who's like out and about with uh, at least members of his species. We we kind of like for some reason we the audience likes to think it's his family, but it, I don't know. For all we know, it's just like other people from it. Yeah, we don't really know. We don't really know. Like um, the movie doesn't tell us. Yeah, I mean, they could just have been having a you know, if I to to use a um, you know extremely deep sci-fi cut for people they could just have been having a roadside picnic and just forgot him mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so uh so et is left behind um so he wanders around the wilderness for a bit um runs into this uh kid named elliot in a cornfield or like he goes through a cornfield why there's a cornfield in suburban california, california. yeah i don't know it's... but it makes for a striking image i will admit mm-hmm. um <laughs> the, he runs into elliot elliot is like this thing happened and so he sets about putting uh, in one of the best pieces of product placement in the history of cinema, uh, Reese's pieces Reese's. all over the place. Do you like Reese's pieces, Tim? I like them okay. Not, I like them okay. They're not my butter cups. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I think I like the peanut butter cups more too. Because um, there's but, chocolate you know, in those. Exactly. Um, anyway, so like, uh, uh, so he puts those out, and then through the unifying power of Reese's. Um, E.T. follows the trail of bread breadcrumbs to to Elliot, and so he lives with Elliot for a little bit. They they establish this extremely empathetic like relationship, and eventually they you know really beat the phrase E.T. phone home to death. But they put it together that we should figure out a way for him to phone his buddies 
Um, and so they do that. But then eventually the government or somebody um, catches wind that there's this alien around. Um, they come along and mess things up. E.T. kind of dies <laughs> at one point. Um, but then he feels better and they get him back out to where he was left so that his buddies can come pick him up. And it's this big emotional journey that we have as as an audience. Yeah, not the most complicated plot, um, but that's, you know, broad strokes wise. That's pretty much what happens. So context to this is uh, it's 1982. Spielberg had made, had, had already been a household name at that point, but I mean, mm. like, you know, Jaws made him a big deal. Close Encounters made him a bigger deal, but Raiders of the Lost Ark made him like a legend. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so this was the movie he did right after that. And I mean, like, well, you know, we already discussed Poltergeist. This, um, this, uh, like, uh, in June, like, it was E.T. and Poltergeist came out, like, within weeks of each other. So Steve was busy. And personal headcanon for Andrew here is that I, I like to think that the neighborhood in E.T. is the same in the same area as the one in Poltergeist. And maybe that's the reason why no one is helping out the the family in Poltergeist is because they're busy dealing with an alien. Um, that, like, that's just my personal... I have no way of backing that up. It's just funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, fun thing to do. Um, like we were... Tim and I were, before we were recording, like we were discussing maybe Gertie and Carol Ann actually go to the same daycare. Like I, I kind of like that idea. Anyway. You know, before things happen. Before things happen, yes. Um, anyway, so Raiders Lost Ark did very well, but this did monumentally well. So this was... I think this is still what could be considered his biggest movie in a lot of ways. Um, Jurassic Park would, you know, beat the box box office record, of course. Um, But this held the number one spot for 16 weeks in a time where there was a lot of classic movies to come out. Just look up 1982. Like you'll find so many big movies that are like for people of a certain age are very much a class, very much classics. So like that was no small feat back then. And there are other movies on the on the list of like longest running number ones that like three of them are from 1982. So, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yep. Anyway, so and so this is uh, in a lot of ways, this is I'd say this is the movie that really puts Steven Spielberg as a zeitgeist, as like what they puts him on that level of like Hitchcock um, as someone that like you go to see his movies like his like the way at the way we're seeing Jordan Peele right now is like he is a, a director that gets butts and seats as the director, which is not something that is I mean, like in film circles, that's a thing that happens. But with the general audience, not as much. And so that's kind of what happens here with E.T. And there's this whole thing about E.T. mania that comes out of this as well, but I'll, I'll get into that. So as for the film itself, um, this was the first time I'd watched it um, since the 90s. Uh, I remember seeing the 20th anniversary version in 2002. Um, that was the last time I watched it. So over 20 years now. And I remember being kind of put off of it because of what of the changes they did in the 2002 one. I, I think they um, I remember I mean, like, there's like little differences that I mean, they're not as bad as like the Star Wars ones, but I do remember having moments of like, that seems odd. And I didn't like CG ET as much as I like puppet ET and we puppet ET is well, all we get in the 82 version and that I was mm-hmm. actually so it was nice to watch this again. Um, I don't know. What about you, Tim? So I I never saw the the special remastered with with the CG changes version of this movie. Never at all. I've seen clips of it in, in some of the behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff, you know, bonus features. Um, it's, it had been a few years since I watched this movie. Um, the last time I saw it was some, some few years ago on the Blu-ray release. And yeah, it, it, it holds up really, really well with mm-hmm. my memory from, from childhood. Yeah. There, there's, there's an awful lot to be said with the, the practical 
execution of of et as yeah. as as this this puppet creature and and how mm-hmm. much they sell the illusion of it when they're you know large portions of them you don't see in any given yep. scene because that's where all the workings are but it's it's really effective and you if you're just watching the movie you're not going to even think about it and it, yep. it totally works and it's it's so very articulated and so yep. so lifelike it's it's fantastic speaking of other things that work um the 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 thing I found as a, and this we, we did we we don't necessarily have to have the old man yells at cloud section but uh, yeah. I, I I will as a as an old man yells at cloud kind of thing that I felt watching this is like man matte paintings I miss them being in movies um, there are some <laughs> great some great matte paintings in this movie like I understand why we don't do them anymore but the because I mean it's it's a lot easier just to CG it I I get it but yeah. but at the same yeah. time like it was like there are some just purely beautiful matte paintings of just like the sky in this that I think mm-hmm. are, is just absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, so like the other things that like work, um, I, I think the, like you always run this risk when you make a movie with children, right? I mean, like somebody famously said, don't ever make a movie with children or animals. And so like you kind of run this risk that things are going to be a little eh, when, it, when you're working with kids, right? And I yep. felt like, going into this, I was like, I remember this being pretty saccharine and I was worried that it was going to be a little too saccharine for me this time. Um, and and maybe it was for me in 2002 when I last saw it because I was like a teenager and, you know, everything's terrible. And <laughs> I want to, you know, I, was, I wasn't really into like children's movies at the time. Although when we talk about Lulo and Stitch, I'll like talk about how I got kind of made wrong in that sense. But so watching this again, like, yeah, it's saccharine, but it doesn't like bother me as much as other things did. And I think that that's really hard to do <laughs> and i and i think that shows a lot about not as not not just um spielberg's direction but his like way of tempering that like knowing when to use it when to take it back when to have a scary sequence and and uh you know when to do all that and i there are a lot of scary sequences um there, there are, are people yeah. there are people my age that hate this movie because they got terrified by it mm-hmm. and and there are and like uh, tim was saying like his sisters don't like this movie because of that yeah that's that's still true <laughs> Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There are several really very frightening sequences in this movie, which is you know, all the more remarkable. There's no real villain in this movie. There there's there's no element of evil. I mean, like I guess you could say the man or like the government entity is sort of a it's at least an antagonist. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it's it's antagonistic, yeah. but yeah. there's they're not really a villain. They're they're not trying to do anything evil here. It's, well, as far as we know, I very much believe Elliot when he says they're just going to cut him off. Like, I mean, that's I, I well, think that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's yes. necessary nefarious, but it's. No, uh, I I don't think that's at all nefarious, and yeah. and I I don't think that that's. I mean, at 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 that point, they they believe ET to be dead, and it's mm-hmm. no way of knowing you know where he came from, how they might get him back at all, and yeah, maybe there there would have been some some friction if if they'd been up front it's like hey his 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 buddies are, are coming to get him let's 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 just send him home and mm-hmm. and we get just a little bit of that in an exchange between keys and and elliot right and i think as adults we see that but when but when i when i was watching this as a kid um and i do think this is i mean it's a family movie but i do think it's slightly more a kid's movie yeah that I think that the the man, like the, the government or whatever this whatever this is, like they are the villain. When I'm a kid, as an adult, not so much. I do like like I agree that there isn't really a villain, um, yeah, as an adult. But when you're a kid, like they're they're the evil. Yeah, and and I I have memories of that 
as as a kid you know, watching this movie and and kind of thinking that, but also kind of thinking, well, wait, they're 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 not actually trying to to hurt anybody. Yeah, this is this is scary, but that's kind of because we we don't know them, and and then mm-hmm. we see them, you know, trying to save ET's life while he's he's there dying. Yeah, that's when it that's when it yeah. makes the change. But when they're faceless, when like because and that's the thing then, I really then like. Then they're scary, but we yeah. don't really yeah. know. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if like like because when I'm watching this movie, like originally, like I'm a little older than Gertie. Like I'm yeah. like I'm not there yet with that. And I'd like and that's actually one of the things I really like about this movie is that the faceless adults really and that's the thing that really makes it more of a kid's movie, if, if, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um is uh like the the adults are faceless except for mom and, and Peter Coyote has a face before the rest of the other adults in the movie. Barely. But, but only yes. but only barely, like literally minutes before. Yeah. <laughs> And I th- and by the way, totally forgot Peter Coyote was in this movie when his name was in the opening credits. Like, wait, Peter Coyote's in this? Like, oh, he is in this. Okay, his face isn't forgot. very much, but he is. Yeah, I just totally forgot about that. But also, twenty plus years since I've yeah yeah you know. And anyway, so yeah, it's that. But I think that's one of the things that that works about it is that the fact that it has it has a clear antagonist, maybe not a clear villain, but I do think that's something that makes it um, interesting and something that definitely makes it different for the average kids movie or family film at the time yeah or now yeah. for that matter i mean like Encanto uh kind of does that too but i kind of think that well i don't know i feel like the sense of conflict in, is missing in in Kanto. i'm not necessarily mad about it not having a real villain but yeah <laughs> yeah I don't know, that that's the thing there's a there's a clear conflict here though there, with, there is uh, there's there's a, a a sense of of fear and and trepidation because because this is unknown mm-hmm. and it's it, I, to to me it's really more a matter of perspective and it's mm-hmm. yeah I, I I remember feeling very kind of weird about okay so yeah they're they're breaking into the into the family's home and and that's that's scary and and mm-hmm. feels wrong and and we we don't see their faces and and the 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 breathing in the suits and it's yeah, plenty of that is is scary, but you know, then almost immediately after that, we see them trying to take care of both Elliot and ET. And mm-hmm. but I, I thought they were the bad guys, but they're mm-hmm. kind of not, but they're still scary. And it's mm-hmm. it's 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 really all you know perspective and and context and what we know and what we don't. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I do think that's done pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that is a, a strength in this film. Yeah. I uh the, the thing I also really like about it is that I think it also is I think it's, although it is, it's a science fiction film, but it isn't as science fiction as like other things we've talked about this, this yeah, summer, yeah. but um, it's, it's very much a science fiction film, but I mean, it's yeah, less I, so I, than I would, I would um, not call this a hard science fiction story oh, by, by any not stretch. At all. But, but it does, but it does kind of give respect to its like precursors. I like the fact mm-hmm. that there's a, this Island Earth um, clip in the middle yeah, of it, like yeah. a, 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 also a thing with like not a hundred percent evil aliens <laughs> as well. So like, I, I, I kind of dig that. And um, other things I found this time, um, him, the good scene where he learns that something is good. It was like, I was like, oh, that's very out of Bride of Frankenstein, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was like, there's a lot of things like that, that I found as an adult that, that I caught on to that I had, that I didn't remember before. And and a little in joke that is that retroactively has a little bit more meaning now is uh, when during the Halloween scene, which is, by the way, an excellent Halloween sequence. Um, oh, one yeah. of the best ones I've seen in movies ever. When when Ghost E.T. runs into the kid dressed as Yoda and starts yelling home, home at him. I really like that because in in one in, in the 
later Star Wars prequels, e, there's ETs in the Senate scenes. So we know that they're part of that universe. And so it kind of like ET is like, oh, wait, you know things. You're from where I'm around. <laughs> like, maybe you can help me get home. And uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that, that only retroactively works because George decided to put ETs in 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 the in Phantom Menace. Um, but uh, I like yeah. that now. I think that's uh, I think that that's an, actually a nice added touch that totally was not on purpose in any way. But I, I think that that's a that's a happy accident. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of just a, a neat little reciprocal bit between uh, Stephen and, and George there. Yeah. And, and th- cause they had, they had lots of those kind of things, you know, mm-hmm. particularly around that time. And- yeah. They had uh, like, there was a, like the, they would, they had like a kind of like a friendly competition about box office with like yeah, Jaws between, and Star Wars. Well, and uh, but yeah, between, and- yeah. Between Star Wars and close encounters, yeah. um, which you know, Spielberg ended up winning. It's like, I think your movie's going to do better, George. And guess mm-hmm. what? It did. Yep. And, and of course they collaborated on, with, uh, on, on Raiders. The, yeah. Well, yeah, well, mm-hmm. the, you know, all, all the, of them the really, Jones but yeah. Movies. Yeah. So far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, so I don't have a lot that doesn't really work. I think that if anything that doesn't really work is because uh, it's sensibilities that we as, you know, an audience in the 2020s are like kind of past. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think generally this all works. Like I think I was a little nervous about John Williams's music um, before I watched this because I remember that being part of the reason why things felt a little saccharine. But no, I think these are totally great. Um, I think the effects hold up extremely well. Things don't look that weird. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think they look better than they do in Poltergeist because there's a similar floating yeah. floating yeah. bits thing um, although they didn't linger on that very long as much as they did in and that's why i think it looks better <laughs> yeah it's i i agree the the effects have mostly aged very very well because most of them are very simple practical mm-hmm. effects just just very well executed and yeah there there's some composite shots and and some matte paintings and things that mostly also still look very good uh, some of them's okay yeah you, you can tell this this is a little bit older movie because they were doing mm-hmm. things this way and and there's this sort of characteristic look to it but it still all looks of a piece it, i mean it, it it has this you know very early 80s filmic quality to it so yep. it, yeah we we've already mentioned yeah this this is not a deep complicated narrative here uh it's it's very very much about the the emotional arc of of the story and and those beats and and feeling those those feelings and I you know John Williams did a, a great score for this I think that mm-hmm. holds up amazingly well it it works for the you know the the soaring you know airborne bicycle scenes it, it works for the the scary bits it's yeah it really this this movie has has aged tremendously well mm-hmm. and i'm kind of surprised at how well it aged um i was kind of expecting it not to um especially something that had entered the, the zeitgeist in such a huge way like i was kind of expecting that it's uh and because I, I feel like no one really talks about this as, as much i mean like they're talking about it a lot right now because it's the 40th anniversary mm-hmm. um but like i feel like it definitely went through a time where it kind of like lulled but this was a big deal in the 80s um one of the things that i remember is i i, re- I remembered this commercial but only because we had it taped off tv um so because I would have been a little too young to remember this. Pepsi-Cola is pleased to announce that E.T. has come home. Home on video cassette. And to make sure everyone can bring E.T. home, Pepsi is offering a special $5 rebate with the purchase of an E.T. video and Pepsi. But I remember that you could get, if you bought like two liters of Pepsi, you could get like a rebate to buy this on home video. And this did not go on to home video until 1988. Part of this was because Spielberg wanted to, you know, make more money on it. And uh, in 1982, 
this would have in theory gone into home video in 83. And by that point, I mean, like um, home video was past its infancy. It's kind of in its toddlerhood, I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, and video rental stores existed at that time, but they didn't really like boom until 83, 84 um, with like family video and your mom and pop ones. I mean, like they existed, but they hadn't gotten to a big place yet. Um, so that wasn't seen as like a big revenue yet. And so and then they re-released this movie again in 1985 and it made a whole lot of money then too. like. And so in the 1988, um, when this came out, uh, this is a thing I like recommend checking out. It's like uh, in efforts to avoid piracy, they gave the VHS tape itself this green casing um, so that you could tell if it was fake or not. Like, and I find, I find that fascinating. Um, these are all <laughs> things that we don't have to like think about now in this modern digital era. And, uh, but yeah, there's like all these like neat things that are hidden behind this. Like there's the, the whole video game. That's awful that, you know, got, yeah, all yeah. of them got put in an Alamogordo landfill. They, yep. Yep. Um, they, they and, dug a hole and buried them because it yep. was less and they expensive were than, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, just a few years ago. Yep. That, that was an urban legend for years. In, in spite of there being some evidence that it was actually true nobody had actually gone to check until not very long ago and turns no. out yeah yeah there were an awful lot of atari et cartridges yep they are they're not good yeah. uh, all the things you've heard about how terrible that game is they they are they are correct all um, true yep so yeah. there's like an audiobook record you can get um i don't know if audiobook's the right word but that's this is how it got referred to on the internet um so there's so there's a an album, an ET album you can get that has John Williams music, but then like narration by Michael Jackson. Huh? Yeah. Um, so like, that's another one of those like weird things that I found. And then I discovered, and you might maybe not remember this, but Neil Diamond has a song that's like inspired by ET. That is so cheesy. Oh no. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, it's just uh, not a good song. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's like Heartlight. I think something like that. I think that's what it's called. I, yeah, I have a vague recollection that this existed, but I, I don't remember any of it. And I think I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah, it's not good. Not uh, talk about sugary. Well, just uh, very talk about saccharin. But uh, that's Neil. That's Neil Diamond for you. Anyway, so yeah, there's there's a lot of things. Like I think the staying power of this film makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm a big fan of it. The um, the big themes that I think that happen in this is that you know we have you know this broken family. Like we have someone come and you know kind of like awaken these emotional things that this mm -hmm. you know it, it allows Elliot to process things. Like it's interesting because I feel like he's able to deal with like the loss of his dad in his life also the, like while having to go through the loss of this new friend that he made um so i think that that's that's a, a theme that happens on purpose there are things that happened that Stephen did not mean to happen. Like there's a lot of religious pe things that people buy into this. And some of this is sort of on purpose. The, uh, the whole ouch thing has uh, that that's yeah. used for the, the poster is very Adam and David painting. Mm. But, uh, but like uh, Spielberg would be the first person to say, I did not mean to make a Christian parable here. I mean, like I, yeah. you know, a Jewish kid from Arizona here. Um, um, and so like, that is, that's not what I meant to do here. But at the same time though, we do have this character die and come back to life. So it's hard not to have that mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but and so like that that's another one of those things where like there's there's what you intended and then like this is how it gets impacted i don't really buy into that stuff as much but i could see why people did but uh, yeah I don't know what yeah it's 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 easy to draw those comparisons i mean they're mm -hmm. 
they're right there. It's, yeah. Yeah. May, maybe that was not in the forefront of your mind, but it definitely happened. It's, it's well, and he's a healer. I mean, like he brings yeah. flowers back from the dead. He like, you know, heals and ouch, you know, so there's like, yeah. Yeah. Although you know, we, we, we see that, that, that costs him because mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's making that connection to himself. So those, those things mm-hmm. then, then draw from him and it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. There, there are similarities, but there, there are also differences. So it, it's, it's not hard to also look at this and say, Yes, you can read that into it, but I I don't have any trouble believing him when he said that was not oh, yeah, what yeah. he was intending to do. Like, like I said, like I think yeah. you can like it is not part of the author's intent here. Either one, I I, I don't think Matheson, the screenwriter, was also mm-hmm. doing that as well. Um, however, like your intent versus your impact are are actually very different things. Um, they may you may try to have them be the same thing, but they are they are different things. I but I I don't like I could see why people read it, but I I I'm not <laughs> I'm not buying into it. Uh, you can write a pretty compelling essay, though. I will say that. Um, yeah, yeah, you you could, and I I'd read it and and say you've got some good points, mm-hmm. but it's not a perfect analog. No, not really. Um, but that's okay. It doesn't always have to be a perfect analog as no. long as you get something no. deep out of it. Um, but yeah, are there any other themes that, that you found this time? I liked your thing about talking about how it's um, like a, an emotional tone poem yeah, of a film. Yeah. Um, and as a guy who's like into like Italian movies, like, you know, Fellini things and like, <laughs> and David Lynch to an, uh, on the flip side of this. Um, so like a lot of those movies are designed for you to feel it, not necessarily for you to emotionally understand it, if not logically understand it. And I think that's like, I like that. That's actually a pretty good way to describe it. Yeah, I I, I stand by that 100% mm-hmm. because that's, that's very much what it is. I mean, it's it's a really pretty simple narrative. We we don't go really all that deep, you know, with with the characters' histories or, or backstories. We we get just enough for us to be carrying on, and it's 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 really about the the emotional highs and lows. And and toward mm-hmm. the end, we we even get Robert McNaughton's character, Michael, the the older brother, says yeah. says that no no Elliot doesn't think his thoughts; he feels his feelings, and yeah. And, that's the journey that Spielberg is trying to take us, the audience, on, mm-hmm. and and you know, with with the music and and the 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 big big uh, exciting swells and yep. and and there's some some really heart wrenching sad moments. And mm-hmm. It's 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 very much that, and there there are lots of little things. It's like that doesn't quite make sense if you spend any time thinking about it, but they're so inconsequential that really, and unless you're watching and watching and re-watching and re-watching this movie, you're probably not going to notice. And and that's fine. Mm-hmm. If the, if there's any, like, if I have any complaint about the emotionality of it is that some, I, I don't feel this way with this movie, but there are movies like this that I do feel this way, like um, that you could feel manipulated in a little bit. And yeah. maybe the emotionality of it isn't like super deep um, in comparison to other things. Like I would say it's a little bit more than surface level, but it isn't like super introspective maybe um but i don't think it needs to be though Mm -hmm. um and but i i'm like it works for me i mean like but i could see that for other folks yeah yeah no this is pretty good uh did you like know that there was like a plagiarism thing about this that uh the the big famous indian director um uh ray um he uh he did like uh, Panther Pinchelli, I think, or something. No, the the biggest director out of India at the time. He had written this this script called The Alien, which had a very similar like alien comes, gets picked up by a family. You know, they have like their little thing. Now, here's the thing about ET, um, and I remember this coming up with Shape of Water too. I mean, like the plots mm. are not that creative, y'all. Um, <laughs> like this is not 
they are both stranger like so like shape of water is a boy meets girl story mm-hmm. and et is a stranger comes to town story mm-hmm. um they are i i like uh i can understand being annoyed about it but uh spielberg fought this back be like yo i was like in high school at the time when that script was going around i have never heard of this yeah um and so i'm willing to believe him on that but it's like an interesting like footnote that you like learn about that um that this like big indian director uh who's a whose first name is totally escaping me but ray is his last name like like he he made the script that was supposed to be a science fiction script and uh apparently like there's like some things with close encounters that that's what kind of came up at the time too but um yeah it's just an interesting tidbit i don't think it really hurts this movie in any way but it's like a fun little bit of weird et related trivia mm. um no yeah. i i hadn't heard that at all i mean i'm yeah. like like you said it's it's a pretty common story at at its at it its really core that, that the the basic plot structure is not really very unique in in any particular way so well i mean like think of how many movies like the earlier when i described this as like a guy misses his ride mm-hmm. like how many other movies are 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 that i mean like i i can think of like a, probably a fair amount of classic movies where it's just like i gotta wait until i can take the next bus so i gotta kill time for yeah. a bit i mean like it's really like not that big a deal y'all just adding a science fiction conceit to it doesn't really like make it all that no not not particularly i mean that that's enough of a a hook to maybe you know get some people in and, and this movie certainly did oh absolutely yeah but it's it's not fundamentally different in mm-hmm. that in that respect yeah anyway so like uh, that's just like a, a an interesting thing that i found when i was doing doing my research on this yeah so like when i think about this as a whole so the, there's a film director that i really admire alex cox um he's uh, the director of repo man and sid and nancy and uh, you know a guy i'd actually have met and had conversations with a few times because we lived in the same city at one point and uh he has a very infamous quote that i think is actually fairly derisive but i don't think it necessarily should be read that way i, I imagine cox was meaning it to be derisive but um he said that uh, uh spielberg is not a filmmaker he is a confectioner and <laughs> and uh and I, and I imagine that is in in response to this movie specifically and and the thing is i don't disagree with him i think uh at least in like i i, I think steven spielberg is a filmmaker i think he's really good yeah, at his craft yeah. he knows what he's doing as much as i was like not impressed with the idea of a new west side story i thought it was super well made <laughs> um at mm-hmm. the time mm-hmm. like um so like you know the guy knows what he's doing however so like i do kind of agree that i mean this is a film but i also agree that this film specifically et is very much a confection as well but that's not a bad thing so like this is a really good pastry if you will like Mm -hmm. so I think this is, if it's a confection, it's a really well-made one, the kind of one that you want to go back to the store to get over and over again. And so for me, this is an A minus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think also an A minus. Cause you know, like, like I said, there's some little things here and mm-hmm. there, but I mean, none of them are really serious, but mm-hmm. no, not, nothing that hurts it really that much. And it, it's got just as much emotional resonance as it ever has. It still looks amazing. I, yeah. I just got to watch the, uh, you know, the, you know, 4k blu-ray and it looks great um yeah it's it's not quite perfect but i mean what what movie is there's there's enough to say yeah a minus but it's 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 still an a territory this this is this is a cut above most others yeah now so so steven spielberg has had his has has sort of haunted this summer series for us he's was kind yeah, of all, i mean like yeah. we, we did minority report we talked about poltergeist so spielberg's influence was kind of all over the place here and so to me this is 
it's I, it's hard for me to call it quote. I mean, I, it's top shelf Spielberg in the sense that it is essential Spielberg. It is an mm. like an essential movie of his. Um, but a movie can be uh, an essential part of a of a filmmaker's oeuvre and not be their best movie, if you know what I mean. Or, sure. or be one of their best movies. And I, and I do think this is like in a lot of ways one of his best movies. If it's if if there's a top tier, this might be one of the lower tiers because I, this is like, and that's only because this is the same guy who directed Schindler's List and Jurassic Park and Jaws. <laughs> I mean, like the, yeah. that is yeah. like, keep that in mind. Like, and that is the only reason why, um, why I, I feel that way is because his, uh, his upper tier stuff is just so good mm-hmm. that um, this movie, which is also really good, <laughs> um, just still kind of, kind of pales in comparison in there but this is one of those times where he's not going from like a technical like plot-based craft film to come up with something emotional and i think he use is able to use this emotional stuff in later films because he learned it in this movie like i think um schindler's list has the emotional beats that it has because he learned how to do stuff on this one i mean that the fact that it's the holocaust and it's a terrible thing but like but that's like anyone could do that based off of just that subject matter but spielberg is able to to like really hit you with it because he's learned so much yeah. on this movie. Yeah, he's he's had plenty of time to practice and this this was a practice swing for some of his later stuff yeah. and holy and- Crap, and it's a, a big swing. swing too yeah it's a big swing that still hits and like uh-huh. hits really well i mean like yeah. you, like i said you can make the argument that this is like his biggest hit in in terms of like longevity at the time mm-hmm. and like and it still has a pretty big legacy i mean like i don't think it's like it's not jurassic park it's not saving private ryan it's not the, the other one i just said a little bit ago um yeah, schindler's list, schindler's it's, not list yeah. it's not that it's not jaws but i mean like i'd still say like if there are five Spielberg movies that you only ever watch. Like this is one of those five. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. This is, I mean, not, not only essential Spielberg, this is, this is essential cinema. I mean, this, Mm -hmm. this is something that, you know, countless other projects since have, have referred to in, in their language. It's like, this is there in, in the back of people's minds while they're, they're framing other movies and 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 mm-hmm. blocking them and and coming up with you know musical cues and and what have you. It's this this is a this is a reference point. Yeah. So yeah, this this is absolutely essential Spielberg, but but also also essential cinema. Yep. So my question to you is like, do you do you have a favorite Spielberg movie? If you do, what is it? So so man has made a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen all of them. But yeah, I don't think I don't think either of us have seen all of Sugarland Express for one thing. Um, no, no, I have I have not seen all of 1941, um, though, by all accounts, no one he will. He is the first person to say it's not his best. Um, I yeah. have seen Duel, though, and I did enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, I have not seen Duel, for instance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, bearing in mind things like Schindler's List, like mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan, which are just monumental yeah and and in a lot of ways are probably better um mm-hmm. for me personal favorite is probably between this and jurassic park i mean okay. on, I, I on, believe, honestly yeah. yeah it's like no 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 that's that's the point yeah. of it i mean like your favorite well, movie yeah. and the best movie are often different things yeah so, in in, yeah. in in that same way that's like okay i i, I get where he could be called you know a a, a confectioner rather than, than a, a filmmaker because yeah. of some of these things it's like this this is is pure you know popcorn and you know what that's that's fine yep. there's nothing inherently wrong with that and he does it a lot better than a lot of other people absolutely i totally agree but when i first thought of this question 
the first movie that popped in my mind was Catch Me If You Can. Ooh, um, also which, a good pick. Which is like, and and I think that might be his last great movie. The he's had good movies since. Then. Oh yeah. I mean, like, um, I think that might be his last great film. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure because uh, it's because uh, I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting since because that was also I think around 2002 as well. Hmm. Um, and um, so I'm, I'm I'm unsure there, but uh, that's that's the first thing that pops in my head. Um, but that if I was going to say like an actual Spielberg, the confectioner, like Spielberg, Spielberg, like when you think of the Spielberg movie, what pops in your head, that's probably uh, Last Crusade, actually. I yeah. really like that one. That's my favorite of the, of, of that three of uh, of that series. Yeah, um, yeah, same. I, I'm unsure if it's the best one. I mean, Raiders is probably the best one, um, although like I really like where they go with with uh with last crusade um so mm. like that's that's probably where that is for me but yeah no i'm with you though like um like the there's nothing inherently wrong with popcorn and i mean like i kind of derive it sometimes it's uh like but sometimes it's because like there are spielberg makes popcorn movies that have something a little extra to them most of the time i mean he yeah. has his 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 movies that are just just fluff um but oh, sure sure yeah. but i mean it's like there's there's popcorn and there's popcorn it's like you know there's mm. there's it's like oh yeah i i, I popped this myself and and I was paying real close attention so it's not getting burned and then there's you know you know bargain discount store brand microwave popcorn and it's like yeah so okay these these are not that far separated but it's enough that you can tell a difference absolutely all right now going on to something that is a little popcorn heavy but not as much Um, we're gonna jump um, a little bit more than 20 years to June 16th 2002 he is bulletproof fireproof and can think faster than supercomputer he can see in the dark and move objects 3,000 times his size. His only instinct to destroy everything he touches! <laughs> so it is a monster. Hey, just a little one. With Lilo and Stitch. Um, this is the 42nd Disney animated feature. This is in between Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Two movies that did not do great. Um, but they do have their audience. Um, and Lilo and Stitch did relatively well. It is the story of a, I don't really know what to call Stitch. Um, he's, he's a, he's a mad scientist creation or sorry, a, um, evil genius creation, um, to use the, to use their creator's preferred term. He is sort of designed to be the perfect weapon, um, out there in the far reaches of space. I guess the said evil genius is actually on trial, but uh, the weapon, of course, being evidence. So evil genius goes to jail and they have to, you know, you know, imprison Stitch. And so he escapes his imprisonment and ends up flying away to to Earth, uh, specifically to Hawaii, which is Area 51 in this galactic. I mean, like it's like sector, whatever, quadrant, whatever, Area 51, but uh, which I think is a very funny joke and he lands on where it looks like he's going to land when they're doing this falling to earth thing it looks like it's going to be around Honolulu, but it, it ends up being the big island stitch falls on earth and you know gets found by another child elliot oh nope not elliot i, I did that on purpose i swear um lilo who then takes him in thinking he's a dog yes he's good i can tell you have to think of a name for him his name is ditch Oh, no, that's not a real name in Iceland, but here it's a good name. Stitch it is, and there's a $2 license fee. I want to buy him. Can I borrow $2? And um, tries to, uh, you know, tame him, if you will. And there's this whole thing about learning about family. Um, So in E.T., we have a divorced, you know, broken family. Here Mm -hmm. we have um, an older sister 
raising her younger sister. So this is a broken family from family tragedy in this sense. Um, not that a divorce is not tragic, but this is a, you know, the yeah, orphan, yeah, it's, it's being a, orphaned a is a much different thing. tragic. Yes. And so, and, and so there is another theme about her losing custody of Lilo because her not being an, an unfit, her being an unfit parent. Um, we're not really given her age. I assume she's over 21 because, or, or if she's not yet 21, because um, that's often the cutoff for child services kind of things. Mm. And so we have a government guy around, um, not Peter Ving Coyote, Rames. but Ving Rhames, um, playing a very Ving role, if you will, yeah. um, who is, who is this social service guy who like comes in and checks in and is like, you know, threatening to take Lilo away. And so like, that's a big part of the movie. And then ultimately uh, they kind of form their family out of this and, uh, you know, live happily ever after. And, and I suppose I should mention that all during this movie, um, two people from space are trying to capture stitch so that they can solve that problem. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so like I said, this was, this actually did pretty okay. Money wise, critically, it did very well. And yeah. I think for a non princess Disney film, this actually has had a really good staying power. This is when it comes to like merchandise that I see out and about. Um, this I see a lot of Stitch stuff. Like I like there are other things like I've like never seen anything from Treasure Planet. I've never seen anything from like I've never even really seen Emperor's New Groove has like got quite the cult audience, and I have not seen like yeah. that much stuff. Yeah, but like I will see children like with little Stitch dolls that they walk around with, or with uh, the the creepy voodoo doll thing that she, the her doll that uh, Lilo's doll <laughs> that she has that her yeah. friends are like, oh my yeah. god. Like I'll see that around. And so like this has definitely, at least in a merchandising sense, but has had a a big popular culture staying than than other movies that one would expect, especially one that doesn't that doesn't have a princess and also features really a a non-white family for the most part, although Mm -hmm. although although Lilo is voiced by a white actress. uh, Devane Chase, I think. Uh, Samara from The Ring. Um, that also came out this same year. Yeah. So I, I, this is the, I've seen this movie a few times since it came out. I did see this in the theater um, in 2002. And I remember thinking they had, they had watched Tarantula, but really they were watching The Spider, um, which is like the, the thing I like about this movie that I imagine some people are annoyed about was the use of live action things in this animated stuff. Like we have a live action picture of Elvis that uh that she was like everyone loves elvis you should try to be elvis um yeah. in her way of in her way of like kind of housebreaking stitch she tries to make him like elvis and to be honest he makes for a good elvis that's very true but he just wants to be a monster he's uh drawn to large cities and he wants to yeah. destroy but yeah. he's on the island without the large city so, so yeah he he's 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 less a weapon and more an agent of chaos yes absolute a- agent of chaos yes so there's a lot of things about this movie that I really like. I feel like it's got a really fun attitude. Um, I like the way the animation is. And, a, and for something that was animated in 2002, I think the animation is still really good. Oh, um, yeah. They, yeah. I, yeah. And this was like kind of like a kind of like a lull in Disney time. Like um, I became a teenager in the 90s. So I was kind of like I, there are people who really like some of those movies. I like I, I often tell people that Hunchback of, the, of Notre Dame was like the nail in my Disney love coffin. <laughs> I was like, I like that's when I was like, I'm not watching these. Um, so I ended up missing Mulan because of that. But um, but I ended uh, up seeing that one for other reasons and was yeah. kind of bitter about it. But, yeah, and um, I actually ended up liking it when I finally saw it as an adult. And there is a Mulan poster actually in Lilo and Stitch um, that I had not noticed before, but, <laughs> but caught this time. Yeah, and I thought, hey, that's cool. Um, we get the we get an old giant spider movie and Mulan, so cool. Yep. So it's uh, I don't know. There's like there's 
so much about this movie just kind of like makes me smile. I really like the family dynamic. I like them, the idea of like building your family with just out of the brokenness. Like I really like that line about the broken family thing yeah. and how they're, they're getting past that. We're a broken family, aren't we? No, maybe a little, maybe a lot. I shouldn't have yelled at you. We're sisters. It's our job. And I really enjoy being rhymes. I like I like the idea of a of a government guy who's there to help, and that's also an ET. Um, so like that's like something I like I really enjoy about it. And a lot of the big themes really resonate with me. But um, before we get into that, like you know, like what what are things that work for you, Tim? So there there's a lot of very cartoony humor uh, mm-hmm. in 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 you know classic cartoon fashion that's that's pretty effective so there there's some some great visual gags and and laughs to be had here the the emotional beats are all really really strong you know very very solid it's like you you feel for for lilo and and nani and and even stitch as as the movie goes on and it's wow i mean there's this 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 is rough and and it it hurts you you can't help but empathize with them Mm-hmm. And I think a thing that I particularly I particularly like about this movie that and this might have been the fact that like you know like I said I was like I became a teenager in the '90s and one of the things I ended up hating about about Disney movies is like I and this is this is where I really differentiate from a lot of people my age is that like I kind of hate most Disney songs um, <laughs> like uh, like it's a the, they're often and I like musicals is the thing I generally like musicals mm-hmm. um, but for the most part I find most of the songs really annoying uh, the worst offender for this to me is hercules um i know people like those songs a lot yeah. the song i can go the distance makes me want to die and there's a <laughs> and there's a version of that song sung by michael bolton which i think Ooh. could be weaponized yeah. um, but yeah. um, it's mm. the worst um and so this song this doesn't have songs and the songs it does have are well, eldest songs um, no, it, it, it does have a couple of originals it, it does I thought yeah. it was all yeah. What the, oh 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 yes the okay, okay sorry they're um they're diegetic songs or non diegetic songs they're not uh, they don't sing them yeah they're they're, they're just they're not sung they're, by the they're, characters they're but... they're quote they're montage songs yes yes okay yes you are right but it's not a musical though no um, no unlike not, not as such yeah and so that's something that I particularly like it's one of my favorite things about Emperor's New Groove there's really just one song you get twice in that movie and it's sung by Tom Jones so. <laughs> Like, you know, that's that's kind of like where I was at at that time. And that's what really made this. So despite being kind of a cynical teenager, when I said I remember walking out of the theater and really liking this. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm a kid who likes monster movies. And yeah. it's at the end of the day, there's a lot of monster movie stuff in this. But it's like a monster that learns and, you know, becomes less of a monster. And so that's something they can always kind of get behind. And there's a little bit of monster movie stuff to E.T. too, of course. There is. Because, there is. because he is kind of and that's actually part. that's actually part of the reason why M&Ms didn't do the product placement is because they were worried that too many kids would be scared by ET, which, you know, they weren't wrong. Um, and that would hurt their yeah. brand, but, but, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I think they, they may be missed there. Cause yep, that, that was a miss. That was quite the miss. People still um, talk about this movie fondly. People still it's like, Oh yeah. I'm eating Reese's pieces like ET. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Similar to that, there, there's a, a sci-fi angle here that's that's a little more than you know just a, a monster movie. So yep. it's it, there's 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 kind of that flavor to it as well. That kind of works for me, and kind of doesn't in in a in a little bit. But we mm-hmm. we can talk about we'll, that we'll get in, to that in, in a, a second. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I dig it. Like 
it's uh i don't have a whole lot that doesn't work for me here either uh a lot of it i mean uh, if anything that doesn't really work for me here is like just disney stuff that i'm just not <laughs> generally a fan of um yeah that that's kind of about it i'm not gonna like really get into that because like we've heard me talk about things i find annoying with the mouse anyway <laughs> um so but like that's really the only thing that really gets to me ultimately but um for the most part this is always an enjoyable thing i rewatched it a number i've i've probably seen it the same amount of times i've seen et at this point i just remember mm. it better because i was a kid when i was watching et but uh but yeah like um uh, and i was surprised at how well they pair together but we can talk about that later um yeah but yeah, yeah. But yeah so um, i don't have a lot that doesn't work for me but you have some stuff so go ahead so yeah i i, I do i have some some kind of nitpicky stuff and mm -hmm. and some of this I'm pretty sure is my own personal baggage. So, so take with a grain That's of salt. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, like my personal yeah. baggage is what makes me like this movie so much. So, yeah. well, yeah. And there's, there's some of that for me as well, but I feel like they, they spend a lot of time on setup and backstory mm -hmm. on supporting characters mm -hmm. and, and sort of the, the world building of it. And I feel like maybe that's a bit overdone. Like you mm -hmm. could, could take half of the time they spend doing that and, and spend more of that on on the core of the story you know building lilo and nani and stitch a little more and and getting mm -hmm. a little bit deeper into the the heart of this without sacrificing too much of the 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 fun silly humor stuff but mm -hmm. it's like oh there's there's a galactic federation and there are there are rules and and there's this mad scientist he's a mad scientist he might like being called an evil genius but he's a but mad scientist he's, a bad scientist. he's, he's yeah. creating an agent of chaos just yep. for the sheer chaos of it mm -hmm. um and i i feel like, it's like there are lots of you know little little tendrils that suggest a wider world and i, I feel like they spend enough time on that that it's a little bit distracting mm -hmm. yeah like it's it's not to the point of being unnecessary like i feel like they they could have trimmed that back just a, a little and and made this maybe a little more focused on on the the heart of of the story than than it is yeah. um because we there, were... there is there is a deeper story here that this this is more about some some of the the practical parts of of what you know lilo and and her family are are going through than yeah. than et as a movie is yeah, totally. And I think when before we were recording, I was saying that like you could you could just have him crash land on Earth, start the movie like E.T. And that's maybe that's why they didn't start it like that was because they didn't want to be like E.T. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but like you could have it be like he crash lands and then we get the exposition from the two guys hunting him down like uh, throughout the movie goes on as like as a means to explain it if for what needs to be necessarily explained throughout the movie. And that would work um, and that would be fine especially that mosquito thing <laughs> yeah yeah like although that that pays off toward the end there, there, was, it does. A, there was a neat little callback and i i yeah. really appreciated that I, I had forgotten about that since the yeah, last time i saw this movie yeah it's there's like, a couple okay, of good that's, that's clever there's a couple of good callbacks that there's also the uh two different people say like do you think this will get infected um like yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Although that yeah. was that was pretty early on. But that's yeah. pre that's pretty early on and happens pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. But I liked yeah. that. Um, yeah, and I, I I do like some of those those exciting you know wacky set pieces. Those mm -hmm. those are fun. Like I'm mm -hmm. I'm not against them. I yeah. I just feel like you know, maybe this is a a question of degrees. You know, mm -hmm. maybe just a, a little bit less sugar and and a little bit more of of something else in the mix here. Yeah. So like I think for some of the extra stuff, I think uh like the the world building things, I think some of that, like I imagine they actually had sequels in mind when they were doing this this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if that's why a lot of that was built up. I don't know if, but I you know, I agree it doesn't have to be there. I don't mind that it's there, it doesn't bother me, but I I, I hear where you're coming from. The thing, like uh, it's it's sort of funny, like um 
So they're both family movies. This, I think, is more of a family movie than it is a kid's movie, um, if only because we have so much focus with Nani and that story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because that's that's adding a little bit more stuff involved there. I mean, it's still very much and it's actually more Stitch's movie than E.T. is E.T.'s movie. Mm, definitely true. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's interesting because like you, you and I were kind of talking about I guess we could compare the two here real quick. Um, like it's it's interesting to see how like one kind of learns from E.T. in in how it changes, how it's done. I like E.T., um, but E.T.'s kind of a blank, but E.T., but he's done, he's like that on purpose. He's, mm-hmm. you're supposed to project something on him as, as a, as, as an alien that you know nothing about. So like you're putting, you're putting stuff on him as an audience member. Whereas with Stitch, Stitch has a lot more personality. He has a lot more agency. He's able to like do things that E.T. can't do. And so when those emotional beats happen in both movies, I find myself getting more caught up in the emotional beats in Lilo and Stitch than I do E.T., um, and maybe that's because of that. I'm not 100% sure there. Um, it's kind of hard for me to, art- to articulate that there. Um, but, or maybe it's the orphan stuff. I don't know. Like, there's more stakes there, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that, that might be part of the reason why there. But at the same time, though, it's like, I kind of feel that Lilo and Elliot are both othered kids. Like, they're, they're, stu- they're, they're children that are kind of, like, othered from the rest of, the, of their peers or their, you know, the other people they're around. Um, I think it's better demonstrated in Lilo, but like we're, we see that a little bit better, but I think maybe Elliot's a little bit better fleshed out, um, yeah. but that may be because we're, it's really his movie. Like, I mean, Elliot is very much the star of E.T., even though E.T. is the titular character and Dee Wallace has top billing because she's the adult. But I yeah. mean, like, and so, and that might be where that's happening. When I compare the two there, that's like, that's where I really see the similarities and the differences at the same time. Yeah, I I, I agree with all of that. And you know, apart from the, the somewhat similar premise at the very outset, they, yeah. they do diverge quite a bit in... Yep how they go about resolving and the ultimate resolution where you mm-hmm. know, E.T. has to leave in order to go home. Yep. Stitch spends the movie, you know, kind of looking for a home and finds it right in front of him where he is already. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of high level, but no, no, I think you're like, yeah, yeah. I think that extends a little bit further as, as well. Yeah. Is going to, and that hits differently in an emotional sense too. It does. It does. Yeah. So like r- earlier when I made the joke about how like E.T. is just a, a you know, a guy who missed his ride. It, this one's a little bit harder for me to pre-make without it getting darker. <laughs> um, so yeah. like, um, cause there are movies like this where a escaped convict gets in with a family and they kind of fall in love with him. Like, I mean, like that's, that's, a, that's a, he ran all the way is the, is a, an old John Garfield mm. movie that, that, yeah, um, yeah. that, that, that kind of follows that in a, in a different way. But, um, and so like, you know, but that's like, that's a film noir and it's kind of like dark. And like, so this is like a very, you know, a light and happy movie. Um, I mean, like he's, he's, a, he's, he's seen as a dog for most of the movie. So even though he really doesn't look much like a dog at all. It's, no, not even when he shifts um, no, to have no, less like, arms. He's still, I, I, he's, I, I, I might believe a, a koala. Yeah. But eh. I think Nani says that at one point, <laughs> it's like, is he a koala? But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think by they they both go to, I can't decide which one has more deeper emotional things going on. And if they do, it's because one has learned from the other and, you know, to, yeah, to, to work. Yeah. With it. yeah. Lilo and Stitch works because it knew it learned a lot from ET. Yeah. I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no question that, you know, the people who conceived of, of this story and ultimately produced the movie have seen ET more than once. Oh, yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. And, and not in a bad way. Like I, I, I like, I was actually surprised. I, I wasn't surprised, but I was like, 
it was it 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 worked better than I even expected it would. Yeah. Like I expected it to do well, but it actually worked out extremely well. It makes for I mean, like you can watch both movies separately and have a pretty good meal, but when you put them together as like a double feature, it actually is like you get a you're you're experiencing the same kind of thing, you're going through the same kind of emotions, but you're feeling them in different ways in both ones. So you're getting kind of like it's almost like you're getting a meal with the same ingredients, but with just slightly different things. So it gives makes yeah. you yeah, appreciate. Yeah, slight, slightly different ratios. Yeah, yeah. It's like you. It makes you appreciate that ingredient slightly more. Like it's yeah, and that's and that's the thing that I kind of really liked about having these two movies together. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm right with you there. It's these are are very complementary. There there are a lot of similarities, but they're not at all identical in in basically any respect. It's like they they start from kind of the same place, but they they end up at very different spots. Right. And I like think E.T. E. is kind of sad and melancholy at, mm-hmm. at the end, just a little bit. There, there's there's that little yeah. bit of heartbreak. It's like, you know, ouch, you know, you, mm-hmm. I, no, I, I, I can't come with you. I have to stay here. And yep. Yep. whereas, you know, Lilo and Stitch is, is very much, it's a, it's a, it's a happy ending. It's like, yeah, okay. Yep. It's, it's, it's not, you know, the problems are not all solved immediately, but it's okay. We've, yeah. we've, we've, we've kind of worked some stuff out and, and we can, we can do okay going forward. And, and we, we kind of know where we are now and, and where things are and, and how to do that. And that's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's much more uplifting in, in that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Totally agree. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, that's a, so, you know, if you're going to have a double feature of any of the things that we've done, I think this is the one that actually worked the best um, yeah. out, of, out of all the ones that we did. Um, although signs in the thing worked out really well too. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, not not I, quite as well as this, I think though. No, oh, no, not quite as well as this. Um, but what I'm surprised, like I would actually say of the pairings that we did, this, this does the best. And then maybe the thing and signs, then Poltergeist and, and Paranorman, hmm. um, and then and then probably the two movies, um, which which was really just to talk yeah. about sequels. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but uh, well, I I forgot to put in uh, uh, Blade Runner and Minority Report. I mean, like oddly, I, I think it actually I th- I think Signs and the Thing paired better than Minority Report and and Blade Runner surprisingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm on, yeah, and actually, I'm I'm kind of wondering if if Paranorman and Poltergeist paired better than that too. Um, but those did pair better than than Wrath of Khan and Batman. Like that's that that that's a for sure. Yeah, that that was easily the most bizarre pairing that that we did. That we did, <laughs> but it was fun to do. I I don't regret it. It was. Um, there, there, there were a lot of neat parallels to explore there, I thought. Yep. Um, so all right, I think we've like, is there any other themes you think we, we need to cover here? No, I, I think we've we've about covered it. Um, so yeah, for for the reasons I, I stated, Lilo and Stitch for me, I do like the movie. It is good, yep. but it's a little bit more a B plus for me versus mm-hmm. versus the A minus for E.T. It is. It's really good. It it hits hard. It just doesn't work quite as well for me personally yeah it's it's uh, I, i'm with you on the b plus thing um although i think like i think it's uh, this is also a b plus movie for, for me but i i am wondering if like because i do think this movie hits me more emotionally than et does but i'm having a hard time reconciling why or it's like yeah. i'm having yeah. a hard time finding a way to articulate why it does that yeah and and there could be i mean there's there, there could be all sorts of reasons um but I, i'm kind of with you like i don't think this is as good as et but it's still really good like I'm gonna watch this one more often. I'm gonna watch ET just because of the way I am. But um, mm, sure, yeah. But um, but yeah. So like, oh, and there there are I, I do have a few th- things that are, are in both of them that I find interesting that we haven't because we already covered the the family stuff. We already covered uh, the government guy that helps out. Um, just being 
pursued by the government actually is something that happens in both of these movies. Um, yep. Like in, in the two aliens or the, you know, the man in E.T. Other kids, we already covered that. But uh, a thing I realized that there are actually Elvises involved in both movies. Uh, one of the things, I, I forgot to mention this, but one of the things I have a hard time believing in E.T. is that that Elliot listens to Elvis Costello. <laughs> because, <laughs> because at first I thought like, why does this kid have an Elvis Costello poster in his room? It's like, oh, well, maybe it's Michael's. And I thought maybe they shared a room, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, um, no it doesn't uh, quite. Um, so, but yeah, accidents will happen as he even played on the soundtrack at one point. So it's like, I don't, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Elvis Costello quite a lot, but for some reason, like, I don't know, maybe I can believe maybe, because this is the thing that definitely happened with me, was that Michael kind of liked Elvis Costello and then Elliot was around when that was happening and he found himself really liking it. And that's, that's because that, that definitely happened with me and my older sister. So I'm, I'm willing to believe yeah. that, but it still find it kind of funny. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then of course there's Elvis Elvis in, in Lilo and Stitch. So that was like a funny parallel, um, different Elvises, but Elvises nonetheless. Indeed. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that is kind of like our summer 1982 series. Thanks for hanging out with this one. Before we say goodbye to it, is there any film from 19, from the summer of 82, if you can think of it, that, you know, you kind of that you also am a bit are a fan of Tim. Uh, so one that we we kind of yeah, off offline, not actually on the show, discussed doing, but couldn't really find a good pairing for uh, was uh, another Disney film from 1982, Tron. Yep, and uh, which, a movie that I kind of dig, but yeah, I found I, out I, I kind of do. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's mostly eye candy. It's yep. it's not really a whole lot else. There, it's 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 not like a, a tone poem. It's it's really all about the the visuals and and the technology of it, which is is fine. It's, I'm I'm not a great big fan of it or or the mm-hmm. the much later sequels. I I enjoyed them, but yeah. I don't revisit them often. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how there's there are a lot of computer graphic stuff in Tron. Um, mm-hmm. Like this, is, but I was actually surprised at how little computer graphic stuff is in Tron. Surprisingly, a lot of it is actually just like painting yeah. the negative and just regular animation stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of older low tech stuff that that they did in that movie. Just a lot more so. There's there's some some uh, you know like like you said you know negative painting and there's some you know UV fluorescent stuff that you know was was done practically in in the costumes and, yep. and sets and props here and there to make it look kind of like the computer animation but you no know, that's some some of that is just practical yep totally um yeah tron yep um wish we found a good thing to, <laughs> to pair it with another yeah. thing i wish we found a good thing to pair it with was fast times at Ridgemont high mm. uh i'm a big a big fan of that movie um it is uh uh, when it comes to like the the teen film canon, it's a pretty important movie. It's not you know not as important as like the Breakfast Club or or, or most of the John Hughes movies, but I mean like yeah yeah. I mean it's it's, it's better than Weird Science. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, yes, but I mean I mean it's like legacy, staying power, influence. Like it's better than than uh, than Weird Science. And that's I don't know yeah. if it's as, I don't know if it's, it has the same staying power as say Sixteen Candles, but Sixteen Candles has has uh, has you know kind of fallen uh-huh. out of favor for uh-huh. good reasons. Yeah, but, uh, and I'm. I'm honestly not as much a fan of weird science, um, but yeah, yes, uh, Fast Times I had not seen until just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It's no Ferris Bueller. It's 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 not quite Ferris Bueller, but um, but they're doing different things. They are. Um, they are. Yeah. It's it's not intended to be the same thing. It's this is this is more a a slice of life and and less uh, 
it's an know, ensemble movie it's uh um, yeah and it's it's, it's, like, it's it's not as much intended to be a comedy there are comedic bits in it certainly i think it's a comedy <laughs> like uh, yeah, i mean yes, like i would say it's not, a comedy not, with not dramatic bits way. not the yeah. other way around though no not, that, that, okay i see what you yeah. mean in comparison to ferris bueller yeah. Yes, Ferris it's, Bueller it's, it's is not the funnier. same kind of a comedy. It's... Yes, okay, I, I I understand now. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, however, however, Fast Times at Ridgemont High gave us like three or four Oscar winners out of mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe like Forrest Whitaker, Sean Penn. Um, yeah. I, uh, I can't remember if Jennifer. I don't think I don't know if Jennifer Jason Lee actually won or not. Um, I remember her being up for things, but I um, can't remember either. Uh, you Judge Reinhold who comes up now and again mm-hmm. yeah no there's a lot of, there's a there's a yeah. lot of folks in it. it's a pretty important movie mm-hmm. um written by cameron crowe same guy who did um you know uh, almost famous and jerry Maguire and yeah and 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 his in is actually in minority report um <laughs> he uh he is on the he he recognizes tom cruise on the like train um so like that's that's kind of fun and uh and yeah so uh so, so in, in june 1982 was a great time. The summer of 1982 was even better for, we weren't even born at that time. We weren't even alive, but we very much felt the influence of that era and still do today. Um, so, but yeah. 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 But, yep, so speaking of this summer, have you, is there anything that you've been seeing lately? Anything that uh, you think the folks at home should check out? Oh gosh. So I, I really haven't seen a whole lot new. I've, I've fallen really yeah, work behind. has been killing you apparently. Uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as that, but yeah, I've, I've been really, really busy with quote real life. Um, yeah. Where, whereas this is, this is a hobby yep. that, that I've really missed. Um, mm-hmm. I've been playing a little bit of catch up. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently. I finally, finally got around to watching the Batman. <laughs> which, I, know, which I, just very, love the, I love that it's the batman sorry the like, batman the, the batman yes, but it's not um, a, it's not batman part v which is a thing that happens um it's a totally separate thing yeah um, yeah yeah um but no very very much enjoyed that was well made crazy stinking long yeah but, it did not need to be three good. hours i did no, like it though I, yeah. I i did and there there's nothing in particular i would have cut to make it come in at a, a shorter runtime like any given scene it was was really pretty good you'd have to cut an element in order to make it yeah like yeah. you'd have there, to like there, not there have the penguin of... or not have Catwoman. you'd have to you'd have to make yeah. that decision yeah there, um, there are a lot of moving parts you'd have to make some serious cuts to to trim this down yeah um but overall very good um yeah. i like uh, batman as a detective um i think this yeah. is I mean, other than the cartoon, I think like the cartoon is where we saw Batman the detective like the most in media outside of the comics, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think this this is probably the film where we have the most Batman detective um that, that I can think of. Although there's like a there's a good amount of it in uh in the in the Michael Keaton movies as as, as we discussed in that episode. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a bit there and there are bits of it in uh at least the first two of Christopher Nolan's movies. Yeah. Not not a whole lot, but but some. But some, yeah, and uh, and I did enjoy Zodiac Riddler. I thought that was um, uh, Zodiac Riddler and like four chan internet followers. Um, yeah, like I thought, yeah, that was I a, thought, a very very interesting, very effective modern take. Yep, yep. I, I like I thought that was that was pretty good. Um, so like I've been watching all sorts of things. Um, because like it's I'm on my summer break, so I am able to go to the f- theater at weird times um, to avoid <laughs> crowds. Um, but uh, so like I saw. Uh, so t- speaking of Spielberg things, um, nope um is uh it actually just came on demand today so um you can yeah. check that yeah, out still, still try to watch it list. 
try watch it on the biggest screen you can. Um, Jordan Peele is three for three for me. I think this okay. is maybe, um, and it's not quite as good as good at Get Out, but it is. It may be a little bit better than Us. Um, although I enjoyed Us as well. I I, I kind of wish we've been able to make it part of this summer series, but I wouldn't know if I'd want to pair it with the thing or mm. with the uh, or like I don't know about ET, yeah. but um. But uh, that is like that's that's the only thing. Um, or we could have done a triple feature with the thing signs in this, and it probably would have worked relatively all right. Yeah, um, but that, yeah, and I I, I I wrote up a review um, about it, and it's definitely his most Spielbergy of movies. That definitely gives you some Jaws vibes, mm. um, but uh, in a good way, in a good way, not in a derivative sort of way. And um, definitely worth checking out, um, especially now that it's a little bit easier to see. And, you know, I've caught some horror films, too. Like I like I saw Bodies, 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 which was OK. I mean, like I didn't dislike yeah. it. Um, my jury's still out on Pete Davidson, um, <laughs> like uh, but he's not in the movie for that much. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, so, yeah, one one other thing that I, I saw. And again, this, this has been out for a little while, but is is uh, is available now it was uh, an anime sort of modern reimagining of beauty and the beast called bell mm-hmm. um and it's 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 got kind of kind of like zodiac riddler from from the batman uh it's it's more sort of internet based in in terms of yeah who people are underneath and and what the mask is and it, it goes in some unexpected directions I, I wouldn't call them twists but it's it's not you know a, a direct analog it it's it's got a lot of similarities but it doesn't play all the same beats in exactly the same way it's 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 not the traditional fairy tale romance that you you might think it's it's a little bit different than that Uh, and i i very much enjoyed it highly recommend yeah and then uh another thing i saw in the theater was um vengeance by bj Mm. novak um he plays a, a podcaster investigating um the uh the murder of a girl he dated um, and he goes to um, rural Texas, I guess, sort of near Marfa. Um, so rural Texas, yeah, um, yeah. to uh, to to help solve it. And he's a he's a podcaster for not exactly NPR, but you know, a, like uh, an affiliate. So it's um, it's it's uh, it's his. I think it's his first movie that he's directed, and he stars in it. And he's a. Uh, it's actually it's it's actually pretty good. It's not like amazing, but it's enjoyable. I do recommend it. It is the kind of thing that once it's on demand, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, good Sunday afternoon kind of flick, especially if you like a murder. It's not like a particularly like violent mystery. I mean, although there is violence, but it's not like terrible. If you're a big fan of Whataburger, it'll, it'll make you miss some Whataburger, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. That, 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 that's what I got. So yep. yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's about all I've got. You know, of course I'm, I'm excited that uh, Star Trek is, is back again mm-hmm. you know, in, in television. So yeah. Looking forward to more of that. That's, that's, that's been good. They've been, been doing well. Um, yep. You know, I also recognize that's not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're heading into like into, into fall. And so like, there's a number of horror films that are coming on the line that I'll probably oh, yeah. write reviews for. So be on the lookout for those. And I'm, I'm currently working on another project right now about a about a certain kind of film in anticipation for another kind of film. So be on the lookout for that too. So if it doesn't kill me. Yay. Yay. So that's our summer series. Thanks for coming along and listening. We'll have more on even more and different movies coming in the near future. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Ah! Oh, look, a friendly little dolphin. <laughs> They help sailors in the war. They love money. No, it's a shark. It's a shark. It ain't friendly. It looks like a dolphin. Tricky fish. Tricky fish. Oh, octopus, come and help me. Octopus is worse than the shark. I hate this planet.